This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. People think if you spend a lot of money on shoes that they're cool. That's not true. There's a lot of ugly shoes that people spend money on, and I would never put those shoes on my feet. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. I am running on next to zero sleep, so I apologize in advance if this show goes off the rails in a hurry. But hey, if you're listening, maybe that'll make it better than usual. Helping me navigate the journey as he does every week, the cousin Eddie to my Clark W. Griswold, the voice of NXT 2.0, Mr. Vic Joseph. Vic, what's the word, my friend, and why do you look so miserable this morning? Morning, Corey. Does this have anything to do with the fact that my Pittsburgh Steelers go ahead trounced, trounced? Five points Cleveland. is a trounce. It was a trouncing. My Tr- city was celebrating. Trounce. Ben Roethlisberger has more wins in Cleveland than the Browns fat. do in the last 50 years. I am not a statistician, but I mean, look, why so blue, Panda Bear? Why do you think I'm blue? I don't know. I mean, you're usually- I think you just basically threw it out there. You just had a grand old time. I woke up Sunday morning, full disclosure, with two text messages. Corey Graves, two messages. Open it up. I wish I could show them to you, but it won't come clear. One had a mean, mean thing about Cleveland, and the other one was a picture of a Pittsburgh Steeler wiping his behind with what looked to be a bunch of Browns players. Not the way I wanted to start my Sunday. Certainly not the way I wanted to end my Sunday with your BS text messages throughout the game. You know how I get on Sundays. I do, and that's exactly why I wasted no time exploiting your emotions for my own enjoyment. You angered me so much, I forgot to put up my Browns flag. Oh, you forgot to put up your Browns flag. I was so rattled by you. I forgot to put I just got in the car, 
went to Gargano's house, watched the game, forgot to put up all my stuff. Well, pity on you. Everyone listening to ATB is thankful that the Steelers mm-hmm. were victorious because I think a few weeks back I made some sort of wager that would have resulted would have resulted in you being allowed to host the show. No, no, that, that, listen, two I games. was betting on. Okay. It's two games. We got one more to game. If it's a clean sweep, I'll add a steak dinner to you. Oh, a steak dinner. All right, done. It's it's out in the universe. It's real. I know you are a man of your word. You have asked me several steak dinners because you have terrible, terrible luck when it comes to betting against old CG. How was your Halloween, Vic? Well, on something that's a lighter topic, Mackenzie and I obviously just bought a new home, much like you and your other half bought a new house. So we were very excited for trick-or-treaters. Went out last minute, <laughs> bought candy, wasn't the greatest. Not one person showed up. Halloween weekend at our house. Had the light on, was ready. No one showed up. I even went outside multiple times and looked around. Not one trick-or-treater was even walking the streets Halloween weekend. So now I'm stuck with Take Fives, Paydays, and Almond Joys. Well, maybe you should have put up your Cleveland Browns fan uh, flag, <laughs> and you would, have, you would have drawn God. the dregs of society. Vic. I hope you slip walking up the steps and smack your face. Okay, listen, I don't want to argue anymore, Vic, because I'm in a good mood. The Steelers won after the bell is still in its final form, and we're doing things a bit differently this week. We've got a guest for the whole show. It worked out so splendidly with Carmella several weeks ago. I was like, you know what, Vic? You are here, but I need someone to help me steer the ship. I need need a, uh, 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 what's the captain of the boat's right-hand man? Vic Joseph. No, that's not true. This week, it is one of the newest editions of Friday Night SmackDown. You may know him as a member of Hit Row. He is Top Dollar. Top Dollar, welcome to ATB, man. What's up, man? Who hiding in Top Dollar? Not nada. Not nada. It sounds exponentially less cool when Vic says it. I'm I sorry. know, that's I, why I, I like doing it. It's better <laughs> when Wade Barrett did it, though. Do you remember that? Yes, Top Dollar. Was, he just started, not, not he started going and he starts singing the song on NXT. I was like, what the hell are you doing? He goes, I love this stuff. I was like, you keep saying it in that accent because it's so funny on television. Top Dollar, how was your Halloween, man? Oh, my Halloween was great. I had a lot of lot of trick-or-treaters in my neighborhood, unfortunately. You know, not everybody can have the same Halloween, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they. I actually, uh, you know, I went full Top Dollar. I got full-size candy bars, you know, just to, to let the kids know. And unfortunately... Like the little ten minutes I spent inside with the candy bowl outside, a little kid stole all the candy. Oh. The box. But here's the thing, though: I couldn't even really be mad because I would have did the same thing as a kid. So you know, I can't even be mad at him. You can't promote Halloween thievery, Top Dollar. Okay, you may have done that at some point in your life. But we can't promote that. That's not a good thing. I definitely don't promote it, but I do understand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, on the on the topic of uh of holiday, I got a question for both of you. Top dollar, you're in music. We're gonna get to that here in just a moment. When is it too early to play Christmas music? Because I'm walking through stores now and I'm hearing Christmas music, and I I almost walk out of the store and will not shop there. Too early. In these here United States, people will play Christmas music starting at midnight on November first. I personally believe you gotta wait till at least Thanksgiving. That's why you, you can't you can't skip Thanksgiving, guys. I Preach. was of that mindset. I was oh. for many many years. Uh, All yeah. softy graves coming out. Listen, I, I am. I'm I'm getting soft at my old age, man. I 
was excited when I realized it was November 1st because I don't want a lot for Christmas. All I want for Christmas is you. And anytime Mariah Carey comes blaring through my speakers, I become so happy. That's what brings me joy. And who am I to deny myself of the happiness provided by Christmas music by Mariah Carey? I mean, look, I like going to the mall and seeing Christmas trees. I went into a casino yesterday in Boston and there were Christmas trees. And you know what? I won 1700 bucks. So I am all about the Christmas spirit beginning November 1st, because let's be honest, what is Thanksgiving other than an excuse to be gluttonous for a day? It's great. I mean, I love Thanksgiving dinner as much as the next guy. It's, I like it's an excuse to be gluttonous for a day. That's what yeah, and is. there's three great football games on. Well, I mean, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm with top dollar on this. I'll be gluttonous because it's Tuesday, okay? I don't need a holiday. I, there's, you just feel like eating some turkey and, and falling asleep, taking a nap. Yeah, I like to do that 52 weeks a year. I don't have to wait for, for November for that. Top dollar, we have switched roles. Usually I'm the happy one. He's the grumpy one. This is a very unique edition of After the Bell right off rip. Hey, man, you know, everybody's everybody's different depending on which holiday you're talking about. I mean, to me, Thanksgiving, I love Thanksgiving, but I never really get to celebrate how I want because ever since I was in college, I usually had something that I had to do on Thanksgiving, whether it be practice or a game. Um, so, like, I haven't had a real sit-down Thanksgiving until last year. And now, you know, this year I ain't going to have one because I'm going to be traveling to SmackDown. So, you know, you know, it's uh, it, I've, I've played, you know, Thursday night football games on Thanksgiving and, you know, had a fake peanut butter and jelly dinner before the game. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... <laughs> You know, it's a, it's a holiday that I love, but I rarely get to celebrate how I want to. The pitfalls of being a professional athlete. Top Doll, I got to ask you, you've recently made your debut on Friday Night SmackDown alongside Hit Row. You guys made a lot of noise in a pretty short amount of time as, a, as members of NXT. What's this experience been like, man? Talk me through your mindset and, and what it means to you to finally have reached the, the goal being, uh, you know, Friday Night SmackDown. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. It's amazing because, like, um, this is an idea that I've had for years, um, the record label faction. Um, I did it on the indies. We were called The Row because I look like Suge Knight, obviously. And, <laughs> so, like, I look like Vanilla Ice. Does it mean you're going to hang me off a balcony somewhere? One of these exactly, days? I'm going yeah. to mind Trust my me. words. <laughs> me, I, got, I got a move that I'm going to use eventually that pays homage to Suge Knight. And <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, like, you know... It's something I want to do my whole life. I've, I've watched WWE since literally I was, before I could walk, before I could talk with my dad. Um, even when I was in the NFL, my dream was to always be in WWE. And people thought I was crazy that I was in the NFL and I would tell them that I hadn't accomplished my dream yet. So like to get, you know, the opportunity with the Most Wanted Treasures TV show, which leads into my debut in May, and then less than five months later, beyond SmackDown, clearly the idea, not only was the idea good about, you know, the record label crew, but also like the guys that I'm with are also like, I'm not, it's not me carrying it like it was when I was on the Indies. I got stars with me in this crew who all bring something different to the table, which gives everybody something to relate to, depending on what kind of, you know, sports entertainment you like. You got the indie guy. And the fast rapper in Swerve. You got 
uh, Shante the Adonis is the pretty boy, but he also can work with anybody. And then you got me. I'm the gigantic rap, you know, bully on the mic that'll say anything to anybody and isn't scared of nobody, which as, you know, coming from not being on TV six months ago, a lot of people don't have that confidence in themselves, but I do. So I think that, you know, there's a lot of things that we can bring to the table and we still haven't even shown on SmackDown yet. Yeah, you were on. You mentioned being on NXT for a little bit. And I had the opportunity to call the matches at Hit Row, get to know you guys, and work with you guys uh, every step of the way. How fast in your in your own mind did everything happen? You kind of hit on it there, but it was like bang, bang, boom. Yeah, man. I mean, really happened is like if you got to think about it like this: like we came in, we were heels, we, we wanted everybody was supposed to hate us, right? And we cheat every which way we can to give Swerve the North American title from Bronson. Read right. We do every possible thing we can in that match to cheat. We did everything we could, and then uh, the next week we have the championship cipher celebration. And there's never been anything like that right, on right. WWE TV. So from that moment forward, they're like, "Well, we these guys. I mean, they're supposed to be heels, but are they? Like that was the coolest thing we've ever seen. You know, it so, was. It, 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 it. I'll I'll speak firsthand. I mean, I I known who obviously you guys were and and what had been happening in the the origins of Hit Row and NXT. But that to me was when I went, oh wow, we got something special here. There's something different. How did this assembly of Hit Row as we know it today come to be? Did you approach e each member individually? Was it kind of a, a collective idea? Uh, but how how did this iteration? Come about. So, like I said, I came I came to WWE with with this idea, um, and when I first got here, I actually wanted to do the faction with Swerve and Leo Rush because I knew that they both rapped. But Leo got released, and Swerve was doing his bad scientist character that he was doing. So I was like, you know what? Let me just focus on myself. I'm I'm gonna just worry about myself. And then Ryan Katz, who works in the performance center. Um, he comes, he, he sends me a text message and he's like, what do you think about working with Tahuti? So I was like, oh, I can still do the record label thing, make the music. And then we have Tahuti there. Me and Tahuti can be a tag and the three of us can all work and it'll be a great thing. So we did that. And we did that for like a year in the PC and we were known as the hit makers. And, um, it, Everybody in the PC loved it. You know, they loved what we were doing because it was, it was the same thing we're doing now. Um, the only difference was about was my, uh, I did the WWE's Most Wanted Treasure show. And three days after that show debuted and it did great numbers and all that, um, you know, Hunter pulled me and Swerve aside and was like, what do you think about Swerve joining with you guys crew? And Swerve was a rapper, and Swerve didn't know this, but I wanted him in it from the beginning. You know huh. what I'm saying? So, cool, cool. like, so to when when he asked us that, I was like, oh yeah, absolutely, for sure, that that'd be awesome. Because not only is he a rapper, but he brings something different to the table, and he already has, you know, he traveled the world wrestling, so it immediately answers the question of, well, can these guys even wrestle, right? Like, you know, like. As if that even matters, right? But, you know, you know, but it answers that question. So, you know, Swerve was down with it. We were down with him joining up with us, and then two weeks later, I caught Leon Leon Ruff off the ladder, and we were on to races. You know, we have a Isaiah Swerve Scott was obviously on the show this summer. You can go back and check out what Scott had to say about yourself and Hit Row. But one thing that was interesting to me: the vignettes you guys had. 
those were unique in themselves too. Can you walk us through that process? I mean, the cool thing is, and I, I'm forever grateful um, to Hunter for this and Sean, is the fact that like, they even said it. They're like, bro, we're in our 50s. Like, we can't tell you how to talk, you right. know, you know how, how you should sound cool and be rappers. Like, we don't, we don't know. So even from the very beginning, like, we got to do our own thing. Like, they tell us what, what they wanted, and we went out and did it how we would do it. And every single time, whether we were doing it in the ring, like our intro promo, or we were doing the vignettes in the, uh, in the studio, like, I was trying to get them to, like, we were doing them at the PC, but I was trying to get them to come to my crib. Like, I have a, a very professional, cool-looking recording studio in my house. So, like, I was, we were trying to make it even more real and authentic you know, like the cool thing is that we all have good ideas that we bounce off each other. And like a lot of people, like there was a lot of people on on the Internet that get mad and say, oh, well, you know, Swerve, Swerve was the leader of Hit Row in NXT. And now Hit Row sucks because Top Dollar's the leader. In SmackDown. There is no leader in Hit Row. Like just like there's no leader in the Shield. There, there is no leader in Hit Row. We all are leaders because we all are. We all feel like we're stars. We all feel like we were waiting for our opportunity, and it just so happened that it all came at the same time. And if if Swerve is in a, a storyline where, like, when he was a North American title, and he needs to be the focal point, that we shift, and this is Swerve in the front, and we all still got his back. And if it's me and Tahuti going after the tag titles, we shift. And it's going here. If it's me doing a solo thing, we shift. Like, there is no leader. We are all leaders. So, like, that's what makes our crew cool, too, because there's no egos involved. Like, do we gain anything from bickering over who should shine more when we could all just shine? This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You mentioned authenticity, and I think that's what translated to me through the screen when I started seeing you guys. It, it, much like Sean and Hunter, that's not my world. I'm not familiar with with you know what what is cool and what's legit as far as that the hip hop world's concerned. But I could just feel it going, man. This is this is different. This is real. It feels authentic. Who is Top Dollar? Who? What makes you tick? How do you bring that authenticity to the WWE TV screen? Honestly, I'm lucky, man, because. I've been rapping longer than I've been play I played football, you know? <laughs> so, like, I've been rapping almost 19 years now. I mean, almost 20 years. I've been rapping since I was 12 years old. The first rap I ever made, I saved it on a floppy disk. Listen to what I'm saying. Wow. <laughs> Remember those? <laughs> How many people right. don't know what a floppy disk is? It's listening oh, right man. now. Come on, man. First one I ever did, I saved on a floppy disk. And it was on GDEP special delivery. That's how old that I've been, <laughs> how long I've been doing this. You know what I'm saying? So, like, to get the opportunity to go out and do something else I love and perform in front of the WWE Universe and not have to change up anything about myself. Like, I could do the same things that I do on the mic in the ring. I could do those walking down the street. So it's like to, to be able to be this persona that I already am 
like just as they say turned up to 11 because i'm a genuinely nice person unless you give me a reason not to be you know so like being able to do that is so dope because the real reason is dope is because everybody in hit row is the same way like swerve when he does that jekyll and hyde spooky season like mm-hmm. he really that's really him like he he can really flip it in a minute and let you know that you tripping right and then Tahuti really believes he's the prettiest man on earth. So, like, we, <laughs> he's we, a very yeah. pretty man, to be fair. That man was in the haircut chair, man, longer than anyone oh, I saw at NXT. If I had, if I had a dollar for every time I was waiting on Tahuti in the haircut chair, I wouldn't even need a new contract. <laughs> Well, so you've obviously had a lot of success in your life. You, you mentioned playing in the NFL prior to arriving in WWE, but WWE was always your ultimate goal. What is it about the sports entertainment business that really attracts you and, and made it your passion? Man, it's just the characters. My, I mean, the the characters. And that's why I'm so happy that Top Dollar is such an over-the-top character and Hit Row is such an over-the-top group because, like, I grew up loving. The reason I'm sitting here today is The Rock. Like, okay. I mean, that was my next Rock, question. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock is, is everything I wanted to be as a kid. Still is like, he's the blueprint. He's everything that I wanted to be when I was a kid. But like, right. there are so many other, like that is a, this is from before I was with WWE. This is a signed new day poster. Okay. From okay. All three members of new day. Like this, this is not like me. When I was on that lost treasure show, people thought that like, they couldn't believe that that person was also topped out. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. because I was so nice and so over the top and my fandom was going crazy on the show, but it was because I got an opportunity to show people my real wrestling nerd side. Like, because I have been one my entire life. And I've even grown up, even as an adult male, you know, people ridicule you for, for feeling that way. But I never cared because I can fight. So, (laughs) (laughs) that's it. There it is. That's the key to life. Yeah, there's the mic drop. I mean, we can just stop now if we want to and just work our way back. I mean, oh man. You know, because it's like, so so to be able to go and and be one of those over the top characters, like I don't wear that bubble vest all the time, but when people see me in that bubble vest, they're like, oh yeah, that's top dollar. That's who I came to see. Like, that's cool to me. That's so cool to me because that's that was me. Like, I got a Roman Reigns signed shirt from WrestleMania 32 when I was in the fourth row. I got a Kevin Owens signed uh, uh, autograph, like, trading card thing that I got when I went to his signing at WrestleMania 32. Like, I got, I got so many different things that a normal person doesn't have in their home. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but this is my, I love this which is what people think it's ridiculous because I obviously played in the NFL and they're like, oh man, like you're so lucky to play in the NFL. And I'm like, so especially I'll go on a plane, right? I'll be on a plane and somebody will sit next to me and I'll be like, they always, they don't, they say, do you play football? And I always say, yeah, you know, I did try to like avoid the conversation. Yeah. And uh, they'll be like, what college did you go to? I was like, oh yeah, I played at Maryland. And I tried to dead it there. And they'll be like, what do you do now? I'll be like, oh, you know, I wrestle for WWE. They were like, oh, that's cool, man. He was like, so did, did you not want to play in the NFL? And then I'm like, do I lie and avoid this conversation? <laughs> you know, because as soon as some people find out you play in the NFL, that's all they want to talk about, right? Which I can understand. A lot of people love football, especially in America. Like, so, like, I get it. But I've had that conversation 10,000 times, and people are always 
way more interested in the NFL than they are any other aspect of my life. And to me, football was just something I was good at. It's not even like my favorite sport. So, you know, I used it. And it's the reason I'm here today, because I knew once I got in the NFL that I could get a trial whenever I wanted. And that's exactly what happened. And that's how I ended up getting signed. So, like, I'm grateful for it. But this is what I love to do. You can feel the passion that, you know, when you talk about it coming coming through you. And you mentioned the New Day poster that's over your right shoulder that's signed. Big E joined us and was very complimentary of, of Hit Row in general. That has to hit you at your core to hear someone yeah. that is now a peer. Mm-hmm. It is. It, it's crazy because, like, you know, we're on the show with Kofi and Woods. You know, it's our first segment ever that as a, like, involved with the rest of the roster was with, King Xavier and Sir Kofi. So it's like, to me, I'm on cloud nine, man. Like, this is everything that I've worked for for the past 30 plus years. So it's like, to be able to rub shoulders with people who I literally, like, I I don't care. I think that the New Day are the greatest faction of all time. And I don't think that's even a debate. I feel like you could say evolution. Okay, evolution was two different runs lasted a total of what, like three years? Right, right. Like, I mean, you can say the four horsemen, but other than Flair, like nobody's none of their careers stack up to Big E Kofi. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's King Xavier, now that he won the King of the Ring, he's he's got singles recognition that he should have had all along. So it's like to to be able to get those people that I admire so much, and not only do I admire them, but they're at the top of their game to show us love. I mean, what more could you ask for? Let me ask you this. As a fan of Big E and now up here, what went through your mind when Big E finally became WWE champion? Because I know I was ringside. I was genuinely emotional at Byron, all of these guys. We've all known E for so long. What what did it feel like for you? What did that mean to, to Top Dollar? It was it was amazing, man, because I I was I was the crazy thing was like I was even more excited when he won the money in the bank. Because I knew that Big E's not the guy that you give money in the bank to. And he doesn't cash in and win successfully. No shade to Baron Corbin. Love Corbin. Good guy. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, knew, I knew that when he won the money in the bank, that he was going to win the title. So, like, to me, I was like, this is amazing. And then the way that they did it, he was like, I'm cashing in tonight, just so everybody wants to know. Like, it's going to happen tonight. So you should probably tune in. And we're like, wait. Is this like a swerve? Like, are they are they are they trying to show us he's going to cash in, and then some crazy stuff happens? And then he finally he actually cashes in and he wins. I I jumped off my couch like I couldn't. <laughs> I I was so excited, not just as a fan, but for him because I knew that that was something that he really wanted and he really deserved, and I was happy. I love that you still have that passion. You maintained your passion even though you've made it to the show. That's that's of the utmost importance. You know, this this world, this life can can beat you down and wear on you. So so to be able to maintain that passion, that speaks volumes to you. Uh, what else are you enjoying right now, man? What what's catching your eye? I, I, we know you're a fan. You do the live tweeting all the time. You watch NXT, Raw, SmackDown. You're constantly tweeting, engaging with the fans. Uh, what are you enjoying most right now? Honestly, I would have to say I really love Tony D'Angelo. Like, I love hey. Tony D'Angelo, this guy. So, little backstory on me at the University of Maryland. My roommate was, I had two roommates. One was Joe Villano, okay? 
Very Polish his dad, name. His dad's name was Paul. His brother's name's Anthony. His uncle's name was Anthony. His uh, his cousin's name was Joe. His other cousin's name was Paul. Okay, so they're super Italian. All right, all right. And our other our other roommate, his name was Andrew Ganella, also Italian. Okay, so this is where I first started having mozzarella. Right. Uh, right. I first started having chicken cutlets. You know what I'm saying? So these are my guys. So when I see uh, Tony D'Angelo go out and he says things that if you don't, it's kind of like Hit Row, where he says things that if you don't know what he's saying and you're not keeping up to what he's saying, like it'll go right past you. You don't even catch it. Yeah, exactly. It just just goes right over your head. You don't even catch it, right? And like so, last night he did that uh, that segment on lash uh, lashing out. With and that uh, with uh, with uh, Brian Katz, I think the character was Mark, right? And he had the sleigh on his arm, and he was like, "Oh yeah, he's got the beautiful oak trees in front of his house with the tire swing and his wife Lori. Say hi to Lori." Like he he is a character, yes, that makes you want to invest in what you are watching, and there are not enough people like that in all entertainment aspects, let alone in professional wrestling. So like. I personally think that what he's doing on NXT, and once again, it's NXT, so, I mean, we were doing amazing things on NXT, and unless you were NXT diehard, you didn't even know. Like, we went out to um, SmackDown, and even a lot of people in the back, like, had never seen us do any of our stuff, because NXT is seen as the, the, the third of the three shows, and a lot of times, people really only focus on what they're doing in this business. And they don't really care about what everybody else is doing. And I focus on myself, but at the end of the day, if I'm not watching NXT, if I'm not watching Raw, I'm obviously on SmackDown, so I'm watching that, I'm there. If I'm not watching NXT and I'm not watching Raw, I'm not seeing what's happening in the landscape, in my opinion. And I need to be up to date on the landscape in order to make sure that I'm not doing something that somebody else is doing you know, or coming up with an idea that somebody else has done because the one thing that Hit Row is not is a con artist. That we are not going to try to take anybody else's thing, do anybody else's thing. We do our own thing. If it ever happens, it's accidental. And that's why I go out of my way to make sure. Just like, you know how it is. When you're behind the curtain, you 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 match six. They do something cool in match four that you were supposed to do. Well, we got to do something else. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the it's the nature of the business. So, like, I I think I feel that same way about watching the product. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do, too. I also know that lots of you exercise. But if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, You're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. 
Well, something else we know you're passionate about because you've put out a, a couple of songs, tracks about it, is uh, the shoe game of the world. Mm-hmm. Graves and I have no shoe game. Don't lump me in with you. I'm not saying I, I have just no said shoe, have game. shoe game than me. I just admitted you had more I just, shoe game. I don't understand the whole sneakerhead culture, which obviously is either. a real thing. Top Dollar knows all about it. I have. I actually think I have a pretty respectable shoe collection, Vic. So don't don't well, try I to have bring 50 me down. Pairs of shoes. I don't know how to match them. That's why Mackenzie dresses me every single Tuesday. I NXT. just don't know why certain shoes are more important than others. I think that's that's what I, help me understand. Top Dollar, teach a couple guys who don't understand what the what the significance of the sneaker culture is. See, there's two thought processes in the sneaker culture. There's one that I don't think about, which is. People think if you spend a lot of money on shoes that they're cool. That's not true. There's a lot of ugly shoes that people spend money on and drop hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars on, and I would never put those shoes on my feet, okay? So, like, there's that thought process. And then there's people who actually wear shoes that are, A, like classics or considered OGs and or just they look cool. Like, if you look at my shoe collection, I got everything from Kyrie's to Jordan's to LeBron's to Converse's to Harden's. Like, I'm all over the place. There's some people that only like wearing Jordans. Respect. I wrestle a lot of the times in Jordan 1's because they're wide-footed and I have a wide foot. Um, You know, I can't wrestle wrestle in, you know, like my Kevin Durant's. Love my Kevin Durant's. Gorgeous shoes. Could never wrestle on them because they're too narrow. He Just like the rest of them, he's super narrow in his feet, right? So he, like, I, I can't wear those things. But, like, to me, a lot of people don't wrestle in sneaks, but they wear sneaks all the time, which is cool. But, like, to me, I grew up with the first pair of Jordans that I had was a pair of Derek Jeter Jordans because they were $60. You know what I'm saying? Like, I... My first pair of Jordans I bought myself was with my Pell Grant that I got my senior year at Maryland. Okay, so like I was 21 years old when I got my first pair of real cool Jordans. All right. So like when I see people that they finally get money and they they, they spend it on dumb shoes that are oh, these shoes are cool because I spent fifteen hundred dollars on them. No, they're not. You got took. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You got, you got played. Those shoes are worth two, three hundred dollars at most, and you got played. It's okay. You know what I'm saying? I got played for my Xbox when it first came out. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew that it was worth four hundred bucks, and I just needed it, so I paid seven hundred dollars for it. I get it. People get played for things all the time, but don't say that it, you like. Just say you like the shoe. Don't say they're cool because you spend a lot of money on them. Because I spend a lot of money on house maintenance, and that is not cool. It's not fun. It is absolutely <laughs> not fun. I mean, <laughs> we're learning that. It's funny though. It struck a note with me at listening to you say that. I, how much of the sneaker culture, in your opinion, is based on a, a generation of, of kids who grew up without the cool sneakers? I mean, I, I remember growing up, I, I got one pair of shoes a year when school started and they had to last me till the end of next summer when I would mm-hmm. get some new ones. And I can't remember Oh, there's one time in my life that I remember my parents spending over $100 on a pair of shoes growing up. My dad took me to uh, Detroit. We went to Old Tiger Stadium to watch a baseball game. And we went into a, a, the Sports Authority store. And I was a huge Ken Griffey Jr. fan to this day. Oh. 
and they had the, the old Griffies that had the teal. They just Great. re-released one them. One of the best pair of shoes ever created. Thank you. Okay, so see, Vic, shut your face, man. See, I got all <laughs> I the sneakers. I know what's important, but but like with my kids, I, I told myself from the minute I had kids, even though I necessarily couldn't afford it at the time when I had them, my kids are always going to have clean sneakers on their feet. They're always going to have nice ones. I'm going to make sure that that that's that's important to me. I don't even think it's important to them, but I, you know, my kids probably now own more J's than than you know should probably be legal. But that's just that's for me being able to provide something that I was never able to have growing up. It, it, do you think that's that's a, a real thing in the culture? Absolutely. I mean, that is the culture. That's that's why we get upset when people who maybe haven't had that situation talk about how much money they're spending on their shoes. Like, that's annoying to me because, like, I, like I said, like, when I was a kid, I had three pairs of shoes every year. I had my school shoes, I had my basketball shoes, and then I had church shoes. Like, those were the three school, those were the three shoes that I got every year in, fall, in the fall, and they better last till the next fall. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, if your feet grow or not, that's your fault. Okay. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, like, so, damn genetics. So, it's it's yeah. your fault. So, that's on you. you know, literally, literally. So, like, it was funny because, like, when I'm like ten, like, I'm obviously enormous. I'm six five, three hundred fifty pounds. Um, when I was nine years old, I had to give my shoes that I had got from the previous year to my grandfather because I could no longer fit them. Right. And he would always, uh, my papa would always be like, how is my 10-year-old grandson bigger than me? Right? He, never, <laughs> he, never, he would never understand me. But, like, I used to, even when I did have those shoes as a kid, like, my school shoes were usually, like, like British Knights. Or, oh, my God, British Knights. Or, like, a low-top Adidas, something that you could get for 40, 50 bucks. Right, right. right. And then my basketball shoes would be like and ones, right? So like, you know, one year for my basketball shoes, I got uh, the two years earlier Allen Iverson, and I thought that that was the coolest basketball shoe ever to have. Who knows? You know, he already had two other iterations of this shoe. I didn't care. I was playing it out Iverson, right? And then you know, then I had some suede church shoes. Like that's that's always been how it goes. So like, do you remember or have you ever owned a pair of Ruse? Do you remember Ruse? They used to advertise them on WCW when I was a no, very little kid. There were commercials, and it was shoes for your feet, pockets for your stuff. And in the <laughs> side of the yes, in the side of the sneaker, this is a real thing. You can look this up. Did you oh, have these? Oh, actually, oh did I ever? You said Ruse, and I thought R- like kangaroos, like yeah. No, you're talking I was about thinking Dunkaroos. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> R- yeah. Almost yeah, like Dunkaroos. R O O S. Yeah, Ruse. Yes, shoes for your feet. No, I never, I never owned them, but that pocket could come in handy. No, the pocket was completely useless. What were you going to do? You could maybe fit a quarter, especially as a child. What could I put, 28 cents in my shoe? Like, it, it, the pocket was not big enough for anything. I, mean, I imagine if you were older, you could probably fit some nefarious thing. as a nice little stash pocket for... The for- original shoes with pockets. I just had to look it up because I have never heard of Ruse. Uh, somebody listening life. to this, remember, they used to like, like oh, Lex Luger God. and Sting used to do these commercials, and it was Ruse, shoes for your feet, pockets for your... Same, same time frame as Zubaz. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. I'm an early '90s, an early '90s child. So <laughs> nowadays, man, I, I I look back at some of my parents' photo albums, and I'm like, how did you let me do that? Why was that okay? Exactly. I feel the same way when I look at mine. I was born in 1990, 
So I'm a real 90s baby. Unlike some people be like, oh, I'm a 90s baby. They born in like 1998. Like, you know, <laughs> my face. You know, the first, you mentioned your Iversons. I begged my mom to buy me a pair of Iverson ones. And, mm. I, and, and I, I didn't even know what the hell I was trying to get. Had them for a day. Someone took them from my locker. Oh. And my mom vowed to never buy me a pair of shoes that was over $90 ever again. So I had nothing but K-Swisses. And then my younger siblings had nothing but Shaqs. Oh, I love the Shaqs. And Starberries. 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 <laughs> yeah. I remember this. There was a store that used to be in the mall. Bucks, baby. Best one yeah, 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 yeah. That's what, that's what they had. They get them from Berries in, in Ohio is where you could get them at. And that's we all used they to have had. a store in Pittsburgh in the mall. It was called like... Steve and Larry's or Stephen Stephen Berries. Stephen Berries. Yeah, it was Berries. Yeah, yeah, and you could get the Starberries there. I, I had a pair of those. I want to say I was like a freshman in high school, and I was like, "Well, I need new sneakers." I'm ice cream shop doesn't pay that well. <laughs> no, I, I thought my siblings were so lazy because they couldn't tie their shoes because they were always the shacks are always Velcro. Later in life, I realized my parents were done spending money on shoes. You're gonna get your Walmart shacks, and that's what you're gonna get. Yes. <laughs> And pay less, buy one, get one. The bogo. Yep. <laughs> the bogos. Be yep. that bogo. Yep. <laughs> I just mentioned so my, my first job ever as a kid growing up, I was, in, I was in ninth grade. I worked in an ice cream shop, scooping ice cream. You have had some pretty amazing careers throughout your life already. You've been in the NFL. You're a WWE superstar. What was Top Dollar's first job? My first job, like, we talking about job that the government know about or... Yeah, <laughs> well, don't Legally incriminate speaking. yourself. You've <laughs> already told time, kids to steal the, candy, the, and then yeah. you talked about hey. other things. How you get used to government hey. grant yeah, by shoes? The, the shoe. fifth still applies to ATB. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. So when I uh, my first real job was uh, I worked at a deli counter at a corner store in my neighborhood called Lucky's, and I got fired after three weeks because I uh, I personally think that you should cut your deli meat really thick. Right, because you get more bang for your buck. But apparently not everybody subscribes to that notion, right? So, so there was a couple customers that came back complaining about their deli meat whatsoever, you know what I'm saying? And then um, uh, I got a, a warning from my boss. And he was like, you got to stop doing this. I was like, okay, all right, my bad. And I was going to stop. I really was. And then um, I was out with my friends on a Saturday, and it was like 10 p.m., and he called me and he was like, I need you to come in tomorrow at 6 a.m. Uh, somebody dropped out. I was like, oh, I can't do it. You know, I'm in D.C. Um, I won't be back until the afternoon. And then he was like, if you don't come, then I'm going to have to let you go. And I thought he was joking. Right. So I was like, OK. And I obviously didn't show up because I didn't care about that job. And I didn't show up. And I showed up the, like the following day when I was on the schedule and he had my check waiting for me. And he was like, don't worry about it. You don't have to come back no more. So that was the story. <laughs> uh, my first real job. But when I said the government don't know about, I was a babysitter all through uh, high school. Because who else would you feel more safe with your children being around in public than a giant man? <laughs> it makes sense to me. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of you at the deli counter coming up going, sir, can I please have a half pound thinly sliced maple glaze? And, and six foot five, 350 goes, no, you get it thick today. Yeah. And then whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with you. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. 
I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. We've talked about it a few times, you doing the the Hidden Treasure show. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the first time I met you, you were doing either a podcast or some sort of broadcasting gig at WrestleMania Radio Row. I think, and I sat, I sat with you for a minute. That is exactly uh, the first time we met. So my podcast, which uh, is jobbing out, um, it's available on Apple Music and Spotify. There you um, go. Plug your stuff, kid. Nice. <laughs> uh, uh, it, uh, we've been doing that for seven years now, and it really just started as me and my other wrestling friends um, talking about what happened this week in professional wrestling, right? So... Um, at, because of once again the NFL thing, they use that, they name drop that. And we've actually had like 30 WWE Hall of Famers on the show, right? So, like, we get a lot of really cool names, everyone from Scott Hall to Bret Hart. You know, we've had we've had a lot of really cool people on the show. Scott Hall blew us off one time. It was awesome. He was in the middle of getting he was I've never Wait, just happy. just repeat what you just said. Scott Hall blew us off one time and it was awesome. Yeah, it was it cool. Was awesome. <laughs> he literally was in the middle. We were in the middle of an interview. The interview was supposed to be about 20 minutes long. We were like five minutes into it, and he's getting his hair done. He said, All right, fellas, you know, it's been great, but it's time for me to get my hair fried, dyed, and laid to the side. I'll talk to you. And then click. And we're all just like, it's come on. <laughs> hey, for what it's worth, in the early days of After the Bell, I once had Scott Hall and Kevin Nash both on the show at the same time. And Scott Hall did the same thing to me. He goes, I signed up for 15 minutes. And he hung up. And then Kevin and I talked for the next, you know, 30, 45 minutes. But that's uh, that's classic Scott Hall, man. Yeah, so but, but like, but one of those, uh, because of that show, I met uh, Steve Miggs, who works in Seattle. He's radio host in Seattle, great guy, big wrestling fan. And um, me and him hit it off very well. And he had a spot in Radio Row at WrestleMania 33 in Orlando. And I lived in Orlando, still do. And um, so he came and stayed with me and he was like, hey, I'm going to Radio Row. We're going to talk to everybody that's going to be on the show. You want to come? I was like, absolutely. Then he told me I had to be there at 5.30 in the morning. That was, he, 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 <laughs> gave me the, he gave me the wrong info up front. That would have changed my whole ideals if I knew that I had to. But that was the first time I met you. I met uh, DIY, Tommaso and Gargano, Charlotte. That was the first time I met Carmella. Like, there's so many people that were there that I was a mega fan of. And I was still in the NFL. So, like, in my mind, like, this is where I'm going to be in a couple of years. Like not knowing how long my NFL career would last, it ended up lasting three more years. So like I I when I met you there, I remember it was so cool because like I finally got to see your tattoos in person because you can't really <laughs> you can't really tell what the tattoos are on TV from afar and you know saying they get covered up by whatever you're wearing. But we do the interview and you're yadded all the way up here. And I'm like, 
Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, you know, you mentioned WrestleMania, and for you being a mega fan that you've talked about, what would it mean? Because WrestleMania, whether we, it's right around the corner. It sneaks up graves every single year for us. Yeah, we always feel no like, oh man, WrestleMania. What would it mean for Top Dollar to be on the WrestleMania card in Dallas, hundred thousand plus Jerry's World? Man, I ain't gonna lie to you. That's what exactly what I want. That's exactly what I think we're gonna go out and prove that we deserve. Um, but like I said, when I I went to WrestleMania 32 in Dallas and I was in the fourth row and I was like, this is incredible. I played the Dallas Cowboys in that stadium. I'm saying like that stadium, it don't even feel like, to me, it don't even feel like a, an arena. It feels like a mall. It feels like you're playing in the middle of a mall. It's gigantic. It, 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 there's nothing like it. So to be there again, the opportunity to perform there again, but this time with WWE, I don't care what I'm doing. I don't care if all I do is come out and eat a stunner. I don't care if <laughs> if I get broke kicked in the face 400 times. I don't care what I'm doing. I cannot wait for that opportunity because it's all that I've been thinking about ever since we got caught up to SmackDown. Like I have notoriously overestimated my abilities in everything that I do. And because of that, I've been able to succeed a lot because I believe in myself. I honestly thought that after I signed at WWE in January, 2020, like you, you see everything that I can do. I, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to be on WrestleMania 36. No doubt about it. I'm going to be on WrestleMania. Then that goes 35 comes goes and I'm kind of on it. Not really. 36 comes, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be me. And it don't happen. And to me, I'm like, I need to be on every year. Like, that's my – some people think it'd be nice to be on WrestleMania. I think that I need to be there. You know what I'm saying? So it's like to get that opportunity, hopefully, coming up very soon, man, I can't wait. The other opportunity I'm looking most forward to, obviously WrestleMania is great. I want to be in the Rumble. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> the Rumble to me is the best event of the year. Um, and it's not just because of the stars returning. It's because it's literally a two-hour story. Um, and there's there's not a lot of times in sports entertainment or in entertainment in general when you can have something that from beginning to end tells a story and it's so entertaining and it's everything from a nostalgia act to a comedy act to uh, actual uh, knockdown drag out brawl. It's everything in between. And I think that it's so much fun every year. Like every year you think, what's the rumble going to be like this year? Like I can't wait for that opportunity to hear them count down 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and then hear hit row hit. Man, I cannot wait for that. So let me ask you this question to follow up. Are you running or are you walking to the ring? No, I'm a big believer in, in walking to the ring. You know why? <laughs> because I don't think, I know for a fact that I can, I played, like I said, I played in Dallas Stadium. I played 60 snaps in the football game in the NFL. It's, I, I got the cardio. But if I run to the ring, I'm going to be blown up for the first two, three minutes. <laughs> Smart. No doubt about it. I like to have my wind beneath my wings. You know what I'm saying? Before... <laughs> I start anything, so I'm going to casually walk down. Not to mention, except for John Cena, 
all the greats walk down the ring. You know what I'm saying? They, they take their time. Roman Reigns' entrance takes four minutes, okay? <laughs> and he deserves it, and he's earned it. But that's that's the model. You know he's never blown up at the start of a match, ever. Genius. Genius. <laughs> Following the steps of the greats, man. Smart man, smart man. Well, Top Dollar, Royal Rumble's right around the corner. WrestleMania not too far off in the distance. Congratulations to you and Hit Row for what you've done already on Friday Night SmackDown. I know Vic and I are both excited to see what you grow into, what you guys continue to accomplish. Best of luck to you. This was a blast, man. You are always welcome here on ATB. Anytime you want, I'll tell Vic to take the week off. Maybe that's what will put at stake for the next Steelers-Browns game. Don't bring it back around to that crap. I think Don't even I start think- with me. I already forgot about all that, and I just... Yeah, I think next time the Steelers beat the Browns, and I notice I said next time, not if. Uh, I think I'm going to just let Top Dollar do the show that week. Uh, sounds like a good plan to me, because that'll definitely happen. <laughs> <laughs> the hell is this? I'm just being real. Yeah, the Browns, man, they just... I love... I have so many friends on their team, and they just... Every, every year, it's always the same. They just don't bring it... They don't man, bring it. it was great to have you, Top Dollar. <laughs> it was fantastic this last 30, 40 minutes. all right man well good good luck to you keep doing what you're doing we'll see you soon yeah thanks for having me guys appreciate you Vic you you look even more disturbed than when we began this conversation you can find him at WWE Graves you can find me at Vic Joseph WWE give it five stars on all the pot just get us out I'm just getting very angry let me try what you just attempted and let's be honest didn't quite do as well I bet you a top dollar would be able to do this part you just ruined my whole day <laughs> anyway yeah, if you want to ruin joy and a genuine smile on your face i'm grinning from ear to ear and if you too would like to ruin vic's day you can find him at vic joseph wwe find me at wwe graves follow the show at after the bell wwe on twitter instagram and facebook make sure you listen for free on spotify just search after the bell hit the follow button so that you never miss an episode we'll be back next week with more wisdom more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like Ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.